Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, everyone. Our live is live. Today's bonus episode is the recording of the Q&A segment of our virtual Valentine's event. I've been looking forward to sharing this recording with everyone because I think we all have so much to learn from each other. And I hope you enjoy hearing that whatever your questions are, you're likely not alone. During this episode, we explore why the apps aren't leading to more than a couple dates of that, how the best way to break up with someone is, especially if they're struggling with their mental health, Um, if you can break things off over text message, how to find emotional support, especially as a man when your ex was the person who you went to when you were sharing your feelings, what the difference is between actually processing or using personal development to bypass your grief, how to know you're dating for the right reasons, not just because you're lonely, and finally, how to cope and heal when you love your ex, but it's just not a compatible match. So thank you to everyone who asked a question live. Janice and I had so much fun doing this, and we hope that you enjoy the live recording. Yeah, Camille, take it away. Um, yeah, so I just joined a bunch of dating apps, probably, you know, late December or early December, actually. And so I've been on it a few months um, on it. I used to be very kind of anti-dating app. Now I'm getting more into it. Um, I am, you know, going to be moving into the city where I'm at a little bit soon, but I, you know, I still want to kind of get out there. So um, I've been going on a lot of dates with guys, a lot of which have only lasted two dates. Um, you know, some guys that I hang out with and ghost me. And then um, some dates where I talk with guys for weeks on end and I never go out with them. So I guess how to handle not getting discouraged by that. And I guess just, you know, when you start kind of the pool starts slimming when you're starting to see less guys on there that you like, how do you <laughs> yeah. like, you know, how do you feel? <laughs> yeah. Like somebody out there. <laughs> so yeah Janice do you want to take it away or I can jump into so I have so two things stand out to me and then I'll go I'll go to you first of all you said something about you might be moving yeah okay yeah (laughs) and what is the plan for that because I'm wondering if just right off the bat you're just not really energetically in that space and in a place where you can really welcome someone in for more than two days suburbs right now and I'm living at home with my mom so I mean I'm 24 and you know I'm at I'm at that point where like and you know I've been single for a year and a few months and it's like I'm ready to date again and you know I don't have figured out exactly when I'm going to be moving but I don't mind starting something before I move like I'm Mm -hmm. excited to I love going into the city you know Mm -hmm. it's you know and I vibe with all these guys that I've been seeing but you know they just don't work. <laughs> Do they know that you're planning to move? Yeah, I've and, always made okay. I mean, for a while, I wasn't sure, but I I mean, I just got my like new job. So it's for sure set in stone and I've talked to okay. people 
So they so know. it's not like a huge move though. You're going from the no. suburbs outside the city to the city that you're close with. So you're not like going to be moving hours and hours away. I think yeah. that was what we were trying to, to yeah. get to. But yeah, oh, you had a second point, yes. Janice. I want to let you finish. And then my second point was, or the, the thing that stood out to me um, was that you said that you talked to someone for weeks and weeks and then they yeah. don't ask you out. Have you ever thought about maybe setting some type of guideline or boundary around how long that you will chat with someone uh, before? I mean, it kind of sounds bad, but I kind of enjoy talking to somebody, even if it's like not going to go anywhere, I guess. I mean, yeah. I've enjoyed like the company. I mean, and I guess if they decide one day to ask me out, then like, you know, I might hit that up. But um, I have kind of like put people like in the past a, a little bit, like there is a one dude I'm still talking to that, um, you know, I've been talking to since New Year's and I still haven't met him. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of lost hope to meet him and, but he is just good company to talk to. So, yeah. So like, that's the thing is uh, there are people on the dating apps who just want someone to talk to you or, you know, for whatever reason, taking the step to like meet in person isn't, um, isn't something they're pursuing right now or with you or whatever. And, you know, the, the same sort of like, good company that you're getting from it um, could be a reason why someone else is like, this is good and this level of interaction works for me. Um, and you know, that can go for both men and women, like it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but you know, that, that is something to be aware of is that there are people on the apps who are just, you know, going for an ego boost or just like someone to talk to, but like, for whatever reason, meeting up is not like on their to-do list right now. Um, and then another thing is, is that with, um, when you do notice you're having those conversations that are kind of stretching on, I think in one of our recent episodes, Janice and I came up with kind of a rule of thumb yep. that if you live, you know, within a couple hours of each other, you should meet up within a week. And if you're, you know, trying to do long distance and it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch to go meet them, do that within a month. And that way, you know, you're you're not investing too much emotionally in someone who you're not going to meet up with. It sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're kind of laissez-faire with the whole meeting up thing. And it's not like bothering you super much. <laughs> what is but that see, I push back because you say <laughs> that you're getting discouraged, but then okay. you don't have really any guideline around whether or not you actually meet someone. And this is also, you know, a matter of what you're putting into the process. And so if you really don't, even care, <laughs> then I would say you might want to think about that a little bit more. And also, I wanted to mention that if you have gone on, on a number of dates since December, and none of them have turned into more than two or three, mm -hmm. then you know what, you really don't have anything to, I mean, that's not really that much time. You, I mean, what would you have thought that you would already be living with someone? <laughs> like it's not that long of a time don't I really I want to promise you it's not yeah the fact yeah. that you're going on dates and you know seeing people a couple times and it's not working out it's it's only been a what a month and a half yeah yeah, yeah. and also like 
we don't want to click with everyone. Could you imagine yeah. if you walk down the street and 80% of the people you're like, yeah, I could spend my life with them. That would be terrible. <laughs> It'd be a whole different other problem. So like you, you're on the apps, you're meeting people. Like I, I like to think of it as like, okay, I'm aiming this month to go on four dates with four people that I never want to see again. That's my goal because that's four I people like that. that I know I don't want to be with mm -hmm. um, and kind of just shift the perspective from that. Like each time you meet someone who you're like, sure, they're nice, but I don't think we have it. That means you're like one one person closer. You've yeah. just you've just met one more person in the world that you don't jive with. And that's actually a really good thing. We said in the dating app mindset episode that two of the important things about dating on the apps are one willingness to put in time and two willingness to try new things. And so I would say maybe um, revisit those those two things. And um, I mean, we I don't think we will be able to do it now, but you might want to also reevaluate your date, your your profile and take a look at that. We can send you resources. Oh, yeah. So. Does that pretty much cover it for you, Camille? Like, do you have any follow-up questions? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it, most of the guys that I'm running into, you know, it starts out really like genuine and then it turns in kind of like hookup-ish. And I get that on some, app, some apps, I'm gonna find that. But mm -hmm. like, um, I guess, you know, like I'm on Hinge and Bumble right now. And, and so when mm -hmm. I you know, see people on Hinge too, that, you know, I don't know. It's just a little bit like, whoa, okay, you know. And then I never hear from them yeah. either. So after the hookup? Yeah. Well, yeah, one, one guy ghosted me after a hookup and I was like, mm -hmm. really? That's not cool. Um agreed. Yeah. And some guys talk about hooking up and then they never follow through. So it's like, mm, oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all things to learn. One of the first episodes we did was on ghosting and however and whenever you're ghosted, instead of just going around saying, Why do why do I why do people ghost? You you take it as an opportunity to look at um, your own kind of patterns and the way that you're going about dating. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, if someone goes to do after a first or second date and you find yourself so devastated, you know, maybe re, um, you know, shifting how much attachment you're putting into things so early on, for instance. Yeah. And it's, I think also there's, there's a lot of ways to kind of flirty and no pressure e set expectations in those initial conversations and be like you know just fyi if we're talking and you're interested like i'm gonna write you off if you don't ask me out in the week <laughs> yeah, <then laughs> like, do it. Come i'm gonna assume you're not interested so just so you know make your move in one week like winky face or whatever um i think there's a way to put it in a in a funny no pressure way and then the expectations are very much there um yeah awesome well thank you so much for asking the first question yeah we've had a, a question come in through the chat um and so i just want to give everyone the opportunity to put up your hand or let us know if you want to ask the next one so this question is and to the person who asked this if there's any follow-up questions that we ask while we're answering if you can put them into the chat um what is the best way to break up with someone Especially oh. <laughs> if you know a person has has a fragile emotional state. Mm. So I love this because when people hear that I'm a breakup coach, everyone wants to know if I help people break up. 
Wow, I've We're, never yeah. been asked actually. That's all the time. <laughs> That's so I have a question. Um, if you the person who asked this can let us know in the chat how long you've been dating this person, I would love it. Yeah, and there's you know with there's intensity and then there's length of time. So you know mm -hmm. these aren't yeah. like yeah, good oh point. you have yes. to have had this many months to go into our second tier breakup plan, you know. Um, yeah. So the person has been dating um, their this other person <laughs> for three months. <laughs> so I know how hard this is. Um, Claire, do, do you have anything you want to jump in with? Um, I mean, I think that so three months is that's kind of one of the first I feel like one of the first kind of uh, road markings yeah. i'm searching for the word but it's not mm -hmm. coming but you get what i mean signpost or something it's it's kind of when life starts to come back into perspective you're you're no longer like i don't need to eat or sleep like i just want to see this person and i don't care it's like okay actually let's get back to reality um a little bit so i feel like three months is a very common time to kind of make the decision you know what i i've gotten to know this person and i don't think it's gonna work out um the thing is is that especially if someone is like emotionally like fragile and you're really worried about like hurting them um is that you you uh you do have a responsibility to be kind but you don't have a responsibility to like shepherd their mental health after yep. the breakup um you know and i think we hear about it a lot with people who say you know they don't have anyone else in their lives to support them like i'm the only person they talk to um and if i ju i just i know that there's no way you know, for all of the months and months ahead of those three months that they didn't have anyone else. Um, and that, you know, this may be a really hard time for them. We all know how hard a breakup is, but it's also like giving them the chance to like make resources for themselves and actually build their own support network, especially if they don't feel they have it yet. You know, it is kind of throwing someone in the deep end, but they're an adult um and you you do have to trust that they have the capability to take care of themselves especially if you've only known them for three months so that would that would just be what i would lead off with um but yeah definitely you can be kind you can be gentle you can try to try to manage it as best you can but i think in general be kind be gentle but then cut things firmly. Don't try to be emotionally supporting them after the breakup. Like let them find their own lifeboat. So I would also encourage you to ask yourself um, if, you know, how much of an excuse you're using that um, because breakups are hard, especially after, you know, three months of seeing someone, um, it might be really difficult. And so I just want to make sure that you don't kind of tell yourself this narrative about what it's going to be like in order to avoid the inevitable. And it is inevitable if you're feeling this way after three months, you could really prolong things for a long time. I've seen it because of wanting to avoid either hurting the person or you know, ripping off, ripping off the bandaid. Yeah. So I'd really, you know, encourage you to look at that. And then as far as how to actually do it, 
when it's a situation like this, you um, you be honest, kind, and to the point. And you focus on yeah. I statements, and uh, and you don't um, need to, yeah, go on and on about it. No, I know. Yeah. I was I broke up with someone probably around this time and you know I asked him to meet me after work at a bar and I just was like I just want to be friends and um you know then we had a drink and went home and I never thought I'd be able to say the words but um it's hard but then it's then it's over yeah and um do you Janice do you have like feelings either way about like meeting up in person like you did do that Mm -hmm. in that circumstance you just talked about but like are there times when texting is okay to break up with someone or just I'm a big fan (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't think all the time obviously if you were together for longer than Mm -hmm. this you know it's the reasonable and I guess decent thing to do but Mm -hmm. you know it's also really really hard a lot of us don't have the communication or the experience skills um to have these types of discussions and so I Mm -hmm. think if you can appropriately I mean, you need to do it is the thing. So is, yeah. you know, the fact that you need to do it or that you want to do it in person because you think it's the right thing going to hold you back and keep you in the relationship. If you find yourself that paralyzed with the idea of doing this, then I do think an email or text. I wouldn't say always rely on that, but the the, the fact of the matter is you both need to go your separate ways at this point. And mm-hmm. so I, I think it, it could be like a plan B is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that um, in some circumstances, especially if you've been on again, off again, maybe the text is going to work <laughs> better yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're not like confronted with like all the energy of the other person who's maybe trying to convince you not to and all of these things. And so, you know, knowing yourself and also being gentle with the fact that we can't always like do things in the textbook perfect way that we're supposed to to be a good person you know yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. yes and also it doesn't have to be text I mean you could do an email I suppose um I really really hope that that helps and we wish you so much luck with this you know don't any don't let anyone ever tell you that these things are easy that's obviously not true yeah Um, (laughs) so I would invite anyone who wants to ask another question to either put it in the chat or to raise your hand and you can ask it out loud. We do have a question that was sent in. So I'm going to read it. And then if anyone has something pop up, um, yeah, just do as, do as I've said. Yeah, so just this raise question, your little hand icon. Yep. Sorry. Oh yes, that's a good point. Thank you so much, Claire. It's in yeah. the reactions tab. If you wanna raise your hand to ask out loud. There you go, awesome. So, This question, a year after my breakup, I am doing great, yay. Though I do have moments of missing them. After some internalizing, I realized it wasn't about them, but loneliness coming from missing the relief of being honest, open, and vulnerable with a person. What is your advice on dealing with this lack of vulnerability in men? Men tend to act differently toward their partners compared to friends. It's an outlet that I find myself missing now that I'm single. What a vulnerable, beautiful question. Thank yeah. you so much to the person who sent it in. And really good self-awareness yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I definitely agree that, you know, we don't give men 
you know, enough space for these things. Um, but there is space <laughs> and yeah. it's, and it's growing all of the time. So I think I have a number of things. I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, first of all, if you are seeing this as how men and women in your community interact, you know, can you nourish, um, the, any of the relationships that you have with, with females, friendships, platonic, I don't know if that's accessible to you, but that might be something to consider. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say nothing comes to mind off the top of my head, but there are lots of online communities and online spaces that are supporting healthy masculinity. And that might be a, a place for you to at least have as an outlet to see what other men are doing. Yeah. And so you might want to research that. I, if anyone has a lead, <laughs> I would love you to, to let us know, but I do know, I know a lot of very conscious, very healthy men, even in my date coach um, community. And I know that they are definitely out there. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also say when you start dating again, to keep this in mind, that you're going to be looking for someone who you have this type of connection with and see how you mesh as far as having conversations when you start dating again and how easy mm -hmm. that is between you and the person. And um, so Claire, do you wanna jump in? Cause I have a couple more things. Oh my God, no, keep going. Okay, keep going. so I'd also say, I, I would be really curious to know if you have anyone uh, who you are related to, who you might um, nourish a relationship with and who you might be able to speak more freely with. Mm -hmm. And then I would, also say in general, this sounds like you are looking to connect with more people. Yeah. And so I'm not sure where, what the COVID situation is where you are, but I would say, how can you get out there and start just generally connecting with mm -hmm. uh, people outside your social circle? I know for me, sometimes when I'm hanging out or talking with the same people all the time, I find myself being less intimate with them. I don't know why exactly. I find that I'm not as vulnerable perhaps with the people I see every day, maybe. And so you might you know, want to think about um, expanding your circle a little bit. Yeah, because sometimes we can just get in a rut with how we interact with someone, yeah. especially if we've known them for a while. It's like, no, this is the dynamic. We just play it out. And if you're you're feeling that that lack where, you know, you have kind of surface level or, you know, segmented relationships where it's like, we only do these things. And then I have my intimate partner is the one who handles all the like emotional stuff that I just can't talk about with anyone else. You know, like it is, I think, more difficult to change an established dynamic I don't yeah. think it's impossible and it might be something where you test the waters and see what the reaction is because maybe your friends are feeling the same pressure as well. Like, I, I don't think that you're the only person who's ever had this realization um, and, you know, taking that step for the group of your your friends and yourself where you're like all right i'm gonna be just a little bit vulnerable and see how they act mm -hmm. um and maybe they blow you off and <laughs> then you know but maybe they're like it turns out that you can add this whole nother dynamic to your existing relationship but with janice's point like um like getting out there and finding communities that um 
that are like maybe more progressive in this area in like male friendships and support and like mm -hmm. emotional communication um and like entering a space where that's already something that those people are working on that can that can really help and so you know i know it's intimidating but like maybe you know see what the yoga studio in your area is doing maybe they have men's groups or something um that i think i think you can improve your chances by going somewhere um finding a space where that's already something that is is being um held in awareness i guess yeah um, and also there's lots of men in this space who are working with other men. And maybe in your case, that could also be a good move, you know, having yeah. a really good example of healthy, um, healthy masculinity and someone who can kind of, you know, guide you a bit. And I, and I can, for the person who asked this, I can give you referrals if you want. Um, and, oh, and I wanted to go back to something Claire said about you might be able to shift things in your social circle. And I think a really easy way to be vulnerable with someone is just to express gratitude to them. Yeah. Oh my and you might want to, you know, test the waters in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, I, my, my friend group out here in Denver right now, uh, very emotionally expressive men uh so it's it's kind of like the end of the night at any get together you know they're like i love you man you know <laughs> it's like it's really cool to see um and so those spaces do exist and they might be where you don't expect them to be but they're definitely out there um but it does take a little bit of vulnerability of like putting yourself there and seeing what the reaction is because yeah it's it's one of those things where it flows it follows where you go and you might yeah. just be having beers and playing you know and gaming with with these friends and you go and expand your network and you feel, find people you can connect with emotionally um mm -hmm. we, i hope that that helps yeah awesome anyone like to answer or ask a question live or if you you know also y you all are like full humans with your own experience and like a lot of wisdom to share too so if you're like oh man i think i have an answer for this feel free to raise your hand and be like i'd just like to say something in support of this looks like renee would you like to ask a question or do you have like a follow-up to add and then I have one question. No, I okay. asked something. All right. Um, so there's, you guys talk a lot about, well, Claire, I know you've talked about in the past, like having like blocked your feelings out and didn't process them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, everybody basically in this line of work talks about personal growth and working on yourself. So like, what I'm doing, I feel like is when I'm working on myself, I'm also blocking out feelings maybe. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what the difference is between like not processing your feelings and working on yourself. Because yeah. like if I feel sad, I'll just like go to the gym or go outside or, or do whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I'm trying to decide whether I'm actually processing or if I'm just avoiding. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. a good question, girl. It is a great question. <laughs> and um, 
I think it's really, uh, there's, there's a lot of angles. We're going to work through them. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I just want to highlight what you said about like, I'll just go for the, go to the gym, go for a walk. Um, I personally love, love our body's ability to process through movement. So even if you're not like running through what happened and trying to intellectualize connections with, oh, maybe this is a emotional pattern for me, you know, up here, still moving your body, um, even if you're not thinking about something like you are, the link between body and brain is, is, is just literally blows my mind. I'm currently in a somatic attachment therapy certificate program. Um, and somatics is all about working with the body to heal trauma or to, you know, progress in life and do kind of what we're doing in talk therapy sort of styles, but going from body to brain. Um, and actually like 80% of your communication pathways through nerve endings and everything actually goes from your body to your brain and only 20% goes down to your body. So you can talk about something many, many times and still feel really stuck um, and actually have a huge breakthrough by picking up running or like finally, um, maybe you never stood up for yourself and you start taking a boxing class and it helps you unlock that part of you or maybe you're stressed out all the time and you never give yourself a break you start taking like yoga classes and actually like restoring your nervous system and it gives you that click that you've been looking for in therapy by talking about it and it wasn't working as well so i don't think like um especially physical activity. I don't think that's, um, that's like avoiding or um, like bypassing your, your healing. Um, I think that it all comes down to, um, are you somewhere on, on the spectrum, right? So if you're only doing, I'm going to the gym, I am, my schedule is booked out. I don't have a minute to myself to think about things. I, just make sure my social calendar is booked. Like I've built up my friend group again. Like I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do, but you don't even give yourself time to like feel and you rush to the next th thing. As soon as you feel like maybe you're going to feel something, that would be a, a clue that you might be trying to bypass things. Um, but it also goes the other way. Um, I don't think it's healthy for us to just only be in our feels all the time. Like, I think you have to give yourself, you have to let yourself laugh. You have to have good experiences too in the post breakup in order to like keep moving forward. I don't think that healing happens in a vacuum sitting in your room thinking about things. It has to be like a combination, you know? Yeah, uh, that was great. Um, I, yeah, I agree with Claire. 
Mostly. Yes. Mostly? I think that was no, <laughs> the only thing I would add, Claire um, and Renee, yeah. is um, just the importance of intention when mm, it comes yeah. to using these distractions like exercise and um, boxing and running is just, you know, you, what is it that you want to process in the first place? And then what is your intention as far as doing these things go? And I think you're probably completely right, Claire, even if you don't do that, is you're going to have a great benefit from going running for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all we do is talk about walking almost <laughs> on the X-Files sometimes. Um, because like, it's, Go for a walk. <laughs> it's that powerful. But I think um, just per your question, to add a little bit of intention to it might help yeah. you. And then something that stood out to me that you said is your triggers. And so I would just say to make note of what those triggers are, what it does to, how do you feel the triggers? How do you respond mm. to the triggers? And then what does a little bit of time do with how, how you're triggered? Does that help? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. Cause I think like, it's good. Like, um, cause I do like living alone is another thing too. So if you didn't it might be a bit more confusing like if you were just always with people and then you you know but like I do get a lot of time to myself to process stuff so I guess I'm probably on the right track then I have a feeling you are yeah (laughs) you're amazing (laughs) oh and good luck as you continue to navigate this I have a, had a question come through. I've had a several. So um, we aren't going to have time to do them all, um, unfortunately. But as we always say, these questions inform our episodes. And so, you know, keep your eye on this space and we'll at least take note of all the questions we've gotten. Yeah. Another question. Can you speak to some of the nuances in dating for the right reasons as opposed to dating because you're feeling lonely? Yes, we can especially in the case of dating again after a breakup. You want to go? Um, no, you go first. Okay. So thank you to the person who asked this question. I love it. And you know what? A lot of people go through this after a breakup and I feel like I should date again. I kind of want to, but I don't really know. And we have lots of tips that we often use on X-Files when this question comes up. And where to begin. So yeah, first of all, a couple things that immediately come to mind is that you've been single long enough to enjoy being single, like really enjoy being single. And then if you really feel like you're very solid in that regard, then you'll know that you're not dating to fill a void. You just will because you're not. (laughs) And so I would say start with that. And if you haven't gotten to the point where you love being single yet, then, you know, there's a bunch of questions that I could ask you about why that is and what your fears are, what your daily routine is, how you spend your weekends and things that you can do to adjust so that you get to that, that point. I mean, nothing is more attractive when you're dating than someone who's confident um, and can, you know, do it on their own. So I would say that for sure. Mm -hmm. Also, one of my favorites is that you feel excited about dating. If you feel excited about dating, you, again, you'll know you're not filling a void because you're not dating from, you know, um, kind of a scarcity, scarcity mindset. And so I would look, look at that as well. And I think actually I'm going to stick with those two tips to start with. Yeah, I think um, 
I think that can be kind of this this fear that we kind of see in um you know you you go on Google and you're like how do I know and it's like warning make sure you're not filling a void all of these things first of all we're human if you want companionship good good job you're a normal human being like that's a really good thing it means you're you're mentally right where you should be we do like companionship like we do like love it's okay to want to find those things i think it's when you feel like you're in a space where you you don't know if you can make it or you don't you feel like rush to find anyone literally anyone um to kind of like soothe that and that's what um, can happen yeah that's what it can happen and it's like from personal experience um when i went on the dating apps i was fully 100 percent doing it because i was like let's let's kill the pain uh i don't want to feel this anymore um you know just went down a total uh binge on bumble and it was you know like i think on the surface level i was excited so like to janice's point like i was excited to try dating apps i hadn't done them before because it it just hadn't with the timing of everything hadn't worked out so i hadn't had the chance to try it so it was kind of like oh this is exciting but i think you know um when you're trying to decide whether you're ready or not you can dip your toe in and decide that you actually weren't ready and what i found is that i would go on dates and maybe it was interesting or fun on the dates but afterwards i was just left feeling worse than before um and so i think like keeping a, a keeping an eye on what your energy is like afterwards like you shouldn't be excited leading up to the date feel okay during the date and then be devastated afterwards because you know you just feel lonely again and it's um so i think that can be telling as well is if you think that you're ready and you go on a date and bad dates are part of the part of the process so you know um when you're when you're trying to tap in on whether you just feel shitty after a date because you weren't ready to date or whether that date was bad you know like look at whether the date was just bad first um and that's just part of it and you didn't do anything wrong and honestly the other person probably didn't do anything wrong either you just weren't you weren't meant to have a good time on that date together um and having a sense of humor about it rather than yeah. as said, being devastated I think that's that's a really good way to know if you're ready yeah exactly like if you feel resilient through the process that's a pretty good sign that you're you're on the right track and you're doing good and you can honestly healing is so weird you could go three months on the dating apps and be like I'm good I'm fine like this is great and then you realize oh actually i just uh had some connection was made in my brain and now i'm missing my ex again and it's like uh, now i'm feeling like i'm back like 20 paces from where i was you can take a break again it's not all or nothing you can always change your mind um and you know take a break again 
Yeah. And per the question, how do you know, I would really encourage you to sit down maybe with your journal and just say, why am I doing this? What is, what am I hoping to get out of it? What type of person am I hoping to connect with? What type of, what type of relationship am I hoping to find? And then it, the easier that flows and the more positive your answers are, I, I would think, you know, maybe the closer you are to, you know, being ready to, to do it intentionally. Yeah. Well, I hope awesome. that helps and good luck if you do decide to get out there. Awesome. Yeah. And Renee in the chat said, um, she, she saw someone on TikTok actually suggested not binging on swiping in the first few days, which I, I pretty much recommend as well. <laughs> it's a lot. So yeah. Awesome. Do, you want to do one more or are we ready for some dating app profiles? Let's see if anyone else wants to go, let's do it. If not, we can move on. So I'll just give, give a I few have one seconds more in the here. chat. Claire. Okay. Oh, okay. one more in the chat. Yeah. Awesome. Unless, yeah, I will say if anyone wants to ask a question live, you got five, four, three, two, one. Okay. All, right. All right. We're here for you. No regardless. worries. How do you prepare yourself for breaking up with someone you are completely in love with, but that isn't giving you what you need? Oh, well, what is it that you need to the person who asked this? So I think focusing on what it is that you're hoping to get out of mm -hmm. the breakup is a really, really good place to start. And I definitely know the feeling of being with someone who you have the chemistry and feel like you're in love with, but, uh, but it's just a complete disconnect as far as compatibility goes and mm -hmm. it's hard and it hurts, but I think keeping your eye on more like the long-term picture is going to be going to be helpful and to really start focusing on, on, on that as far as how to mentally prepare yourself. And mm -hmm. I think also, I think this is actually a good example of when it really pays to have boundaries in a breakup. Because if you've got this connection with this person and you're really nervous about how it's going to go, you might really mm -hmm. want to think about how much contact you want with this person after what you're willing to do to enforce that, why it would be possibly better for you to not, you know, spend time together for a while, how you will address it if they want to stay in touch and really thinking through these scenarios. Because in a situation like this, I could see maybe the lack of planning and mental preparation for how this is going to go down, um, kind of getting in the way of it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would like to know, um, or, you know, think about this for yourself, like the things that you need that you're not getting. Oh, thank you. Bye. Um, so the things Thanks, that Michelle. you're, the things that you're not getting, like some Sometimes I think that part of the preparation for breaking up, especially when you're like fully in love with this person is, is giving it the time and really actually trying to address those issues. Um, it's not saying that you haven't yet. I'm sure you have, but I just want to put that out there. There's a really good um, book, Nonviolent Communication, which I would highly recommend for a mm -hmm. circumstance like this. You know, it can be f anywhere from a divorce to mediating, you know, global conflicts, uh, this, this um, communication practice, basically. Um, because 
like I think that um when you have given it the chance and that requires boundary setting that requires putting an end on that chance it's not just trying and trying and trying with no end in sight it's like hey we're going to workshop this for this much time if we can't get it together all right we're going to move to the next thing um but yeah i think that then when you are finally facing that breakup you you know fully there was no other way there's no question of like well maybe um like now he says that he'll go to therapy and it's like well you tried to get him to go to therapy for a month you told him you need to book therapy and he didn't and now that you're leaving it's suddenly gonna happen no like i think um that's when you can kind of know whereas um you know speaking i think from my own experience here um i fully don't believe that there was any other way for me and my ex-fiance to like move forward but i do think that if i had had like the self-awareness to know even what i was missing because i wasn't really sure about it at the time i had no idea i just knew something was missing so that made it hard to work on but if if i had given like an extra month i think that the healing process might have been easier for me because i had tried and i didn't have that like self-depreciating like you just threw this away for nothing thing that i really dealt with at the time um so yeah so i don't know <laughs> sorry to be like all depressing for everyone but sometimes <laughs> that can it can help because then you're like no i i'm fully behind my decision basically yeah. and i mean i completely agree and at the same time if it i mean wanting to leave is as good of a reason it is. as yeah. any for sure i mean there's definitely multiple angles that we can take with this question yeah. but you know sometimes our gut um, is the best authority in, in our life. And I, I think if you've decided that this isn't for you to also try and really, really own, own that decision and yeah. it, it's completely valid and I wish you luck. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like the way the question was phrased, it made it seem like there was, there was something that was not being done or not given or something was missing. Um, but sometimes it can just be, you know, we fall in love for reasons that we don't understand. Sometimes we fall out of love for reasons that we don't understand. Um, you know, maybe their pheromones changed. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a legitimate reason. So. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of the questions, everyone. Thank you for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.